Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Are there thunderbirds in Massachusetts? Is it possible that we live the same life over and over again? How legitimate are haunted dolls, quote-unquote? Hello and welcome to the 739th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno here on ON 1240 Radio and our 10th year on the air. I am Ben and those uh, very varied questions came from my co-host, partner in the paranormal and father, Paul. And uh, today we bring you an open line show and we are joined, well soon to be joined, by our good friend and esteemed colleague Shane Searway once he arrives. You know you know how it is getting from New Hampshire. Well he comes all the way in from New Hampshire. For yeah, the exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. so I mean I, I, don't, I don't blame him. So you can take all the time that he needs. Uh, so we welcome your calls today. Numbers are 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada or the multiverse or 401-766-1240 locally. And you can always send emails to us before, during, and after the show. Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com for those. And don't forget about our Facebook page for Facebook messages. If you don't feel like going through uh, all the, the wiles and trials of... Um, emails or phones yes very good and yeah, a lot of people do use facebook to contact us and uh one of them uh we will start with uh, shane will be here in a minute but uh this is from kathleen and kathleen has uh several paragraphs she's written to us on an interesting subject ah uh, yes paragraphs are great so kathleen writes to us so anthony peak thinks earth uh might be a hologram and life may be some sort of a game uh for learning my question is why develop such an elaborate game a theory i have is that uh Physical existence is a frontier, and there is a desire to explore and learn it. Uh, when you learn anything new, you inevitably make a lot of mistakes, oftentimes painful and time-consuming. I think we might be from uh, the spirit world sent here to master the physical world. I also wonder if mastered whether the physical world uh, would be the envy of the spirit world, uh, because there is a strong desire to stay here and return here. People often discuss how they would uh, miss seeing and feeling and tasting and can't imagine not having those things when passing on. Anthony also thinks uh, we might live um, the same life over and over like a video game so we can learn and master, but I don't think we have uh, to... Are, are you telling me to stop? Yeah, why don't, why don't we start taking some of those points? Okay. Uh, the, this, the, the physicality of a lot of these things is interesting. There's often a, a theory, and uh, I, I've never really seen it played out i don't look at it this way but it's that ghosts uh assuming they are what people who think they are which is uh, the spiritual remnant somehow uh, or the energy remnant of people who have whose bodies have died uh something that is not possible and according to our laws of physics but people believe it uh, we believe other things uh however th- that they are jealous of the quote-unquote living because we have these physical experiences of the, of the five obvious physical senses, uh, including tasting food and all this. Yes. You know, I mean, I, 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 I get that, but I, I don't know. I mean, those, are, those physical experiences are essentially mental experiences. The, the, the energy is, um, is recorded in the brain, and the brain is what it does the experiencing. So, oh, yeah, exactly. Of course, you don't have a brain either when you're dead supposedly a lot of people don't have them while they're alive but i mean you've got it's essentially an electrical impulse experience i think you know so i don't know how far that goes that's actually a really interesting point i never really thought of it that way that you know it's really a mental experience not a physical experience because i mean you know you have one nerve ending in your finger and that one specific nerve ending connects directly to your brain 
So I mean that makes makes a lot of sense because I mean seeing seeing you know empirical evidence and empirical existence really is sort of really just all a mental existence. If yeah, so maybe if that carries over to when you don't have a body, which is I say really I don't think that's a valid state of existence and according to the laws of physics here because you know are you still you without your body i mean i don't think so i mean here and here's here's our famous philosophical dualism that we both hate um that that you know you can be a fully functioning being with all your memories all your knowledge and everything else uh, if you have no body. I think that's ludicrous, personally. Now, there are those who will disagree with this, including Professor Goswami, Dr. Amit Goswami, who's a guest on the show now and then, and uh, doesn't agree with with our point of view on that, anyway. So, uh, I think there are some interesting points, and I will point out that Anthony Peake will be our guest on the show uh, once again on June 3rd. Mm. So, stay tuned for that. Uh, So, Kathleen, uh, you're in luck. Uh, So, what was the other point now? The, the the spirit stuff we sort of addressed that um, I guess uh, it's sort of Anthony Peake's theory that you know the Earth might be a, a hologram and that life is sort of a game for learning. Yeah, that's interesting. That, that in a way, I mean, we love Anthony dearly. We think he's brilliant. We've been on his show. He's been on ours. But the uh, the idea that we are here to learn is perfectly is is no less valid than any other idea. Yeah. Uh, but it's an old idea. Which doesn't mean, which maybe means it has some validity, doesn't well, it? Well, so. let's just put a, put a 21st century spin on it. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, you know, that life is sort of like a video game in many ways, but I mean, um, oh, I had a point for this. Well, the, the, the whole reincarnation thing, which also is impossible under the, the uh, theory of relativity, uh, the classic sense of succeeding lives, because there is no past, it's all, it's all simultaneous lives, at least if you want to look at it that way from the viewpoint of the 1952 theory of relativity, uh, that uh, there are a lot of people, Lorraine Warren, for example, told me uh, when I, we were discussing reincarnation early on in our relationship about 1972, she said, I don't see how God can judge us in one lifetime. Now, I don't really get that. I mean, I don't understand the point. It's, I think it's very limited. But the idea that we we learn from life to life, uh, yeah, I think the variation on that that may be true is that we learn from parallel life to parallel life. We share knowledge. We share wisdom. That's why we get ideas, because we are Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart in a parallel life, because all things are possible, and all things literally exist in concrete reality somewhere or somewhere in the, the plethora or infinity even of multiple worlds that exist uh, in the creation. That's the nature of creation. We, we share a common non-local life, knowledge, wisdom, mm. memory, that sort of thing. Uh, and that, that's the theory I always go on. I, hope, you know, I think it's got some validity. So uh, the hologram thing, though, is a very... And, and we deal with this a little bit in our, our book, uh, in 2016 book, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong. We think it's a variation on the multiverse idea, but it's a little more creepy in the sense that, you know, who's doing the projecting of this hologram? There are some who believe that aliens are doing this, because, and, and people say, why would they do it? Well, maybe we're just fun to watch, you know, and, and maybe it is a learning experience. But Anthony, um, Anthony Peake has a number of ideas that, 
would be variations on that. You know, he, he's not didactic. He doesn't stick to one particular idea and, and insist that, it, that it's correct. That's why one of the reasons we like him. Yeah. So what do you think, Ben? Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting because I I read a, l- a little while ago in um, um, a magazine Elon Musk did like an interview mm. for, forever ago, and um, <clears throat> he's a very interesting guy. Indeed, he is because he thinks differently than other people, and he made a point that a lot of a lot of human understanding comes through analogies. Mm, that yes. we we think we think in terms of analogies like like is to like like I don't know you're you're using a microphone speaking into a microphone is sort of like talking to somebody in that you're you're hearing you're hearing or like you're speaking to like someone's ears that kind of thing but that's actually not what it is the problem with analogies is you can misunderstand the principles behind oh, yes. them you see that in theology yes so I think the way that we think of the paranormal and how you know people think in you know terms of spirit world and all all this and this this dualistic concept then i think the real the real issue is that we're not understanding the principles behind it see what i'm saying yes i do excellent point we have a, we have a caller oh do we have a caller oh we do have a caller <laughs> <laughs> okay our station manager just let us know we were so wrapped in conversation yes, yes. too busy thinking about all sorts of interesting things. indeed Already, okay. and who do we have on with us? Hi there, uh, this is Susan calling from uh, outside of Portland, Maine. Oh, outside of Portland, one of our favorite places. Thank you for calling in, Susan. And you are the Susan with the very interesting story about the Bridgewater Triangle sightings, eh? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, Shane I, isn't I here, but he, I'm sure... Your, I'm sorry? No, I'm, I'm sure Shane is listening uh, on his way in, in in the car. He'll be here in a minute. I wanted him in on this. But why don't you uh, tell us your tale? Uh, uh, Susan uh, wrote us a very interesting email recently about uh, the, the uh, sightings of Thunderbirds, apparently, in the Bridgewater Triangle, which is uh, not far from our where we sit in the, the studio here in Massachusetts. Uh, it's a 220-odd square mile area, which is indeed odd. It's one of our areas that we... Um, research as a flap area. So tell us what happened to you there and, and, and when it happened, Susan. Sure. Um, it was on the 15th of April, and um, my family and I were driving... This is the 15th north, of April, just um, l- like a, a week ago, right? Or two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, just recently. Great. And um, we were cruising through a really undeveloped uh, wooded area um, right along 140 in Freetown, Um and my brother-in-law was driving, and he happened to look up, and he saw uh, a large bird. Well, a large bird caught his eye, and he immediately thought it was a pelican, and there were three of um, three other family members in the car, and we said, there aren't pelicans here. And then we looked up. I looked up to see a second bird, and I said, it looks like a pterodactyl. And we had all realized that we had been in the triangle. We've all watched the documentary. We're very intrigued by the things we don't normally see. And I said, it's got to be one of those Thunderbirds. Um, so the three out of four of us saw both of the birds. And um, I would say they were um, probably 20 feet above the tree line. And it was probably 50 feet up in the air. Okay. Um, one point I would make. Uh, Shane has arrived, everyone. Well, now we can begin. Welcome, Shane. <laughs> Shane, were you listening on the way in? Because uh, No, I, I 
Oh, okay. We, we were we were speaking with Susan, who called in, and Susan's from Portland, Maine, and she was in the Bridgewater Triangle, and uh, she's uh, regaling us with a very interesting story about uh, possible Thunderbirds, oh. uh, seen by her and her family. Okay. Well, one. Uh, let me point. Let, let me make one point here, Susan. Uh, just from uh, the viewpoint of my military experience, it's very difficult to tell size without something to give it scale uh, in the sky. Now, uh, now, uh, how? Yeah, definitely. Now, what was the altitude of this creature again? It was about that you would guess. Twenty feet above. Oh, I don't know. Twenty feet above the tree line. Okay, so it really is not that high. No, not that high at all. Oh, okay. Shane, do you have any, uh, any questions or points uh, here that you'd like to, at, at this point in uh, Susan's uh, rendition of the, the experience? No, um, not really. Um, I, I don't have a lot of experience investigating the Thunderbirds, but I've, I've heard a lot about it, and I, I'd like to be involved more with it. Yeah. It's, well, uh, this may be your big chance. Yeah. <laughs> Susan, uh, am I to understand that you saw more than one? Yeah, we saw two. Wow. Oh, two, okay. Three of us in the car. Yeah, okay. three out of four family members saw two of them. Okay. What time of day was this? It was probably mid to late afternoon. It was uh, kind of a, you know, a gray sky. Okay. Um, and, again, it was um, just an undeveloped wooded area. In an area I don't know at all, yeah, uh, Freetown. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, really. Uh, okay, so there were what th- three or four people in the car. Yep my mo- my mother's mom she did not see them. <laughs> she, she didn't. My okay. eighty two year old mother was in the back seat and she said, "Where?" Well, one was pretty clear on the left side, and then. Um, when the, my sister and I and my brother-in-law were still looking up, we saw a second one come across, and yeah, you know, my mother is bummed out that she she didn't get to see them. Okay, as difficult as, as it is to estimate from the ground, ballpark. What what would you say the wingspan was, and were they both the same well, size? Well, you know, they were the same size, but they weren't flapping. They were, I mean, they were just kind of cruising along, soaring. So I didn't really get to see the wingspan. Yeah. Yeah, they were soaring. Thank you. Bird term. Okay. Um, and and uh, were the you know, wings, and, and at the ends of the wings, were the feathers separated? In other words, were they, could you see, like, space between the feathers well, at the tips of the wings? See, yeah, we couldn't see that clearly. Okay. Um, what we noticed is that the beaks were not like a pelican. That's what I said to my brother-in-law. I said, that's not a pelican beak. I, I spent 35 years on the West Coast, and I I know pelicans. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the feet dangling behind were not a pelican. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when I, you know, I thought, oh, my God, we can just look it up, you know, Thunderbirds, the Bridgewater Triangle. It's, you know, it's the sketches we've seen. All right. Which documentary you know, did you we, see? Because there are several. I'm sorry? Do you remember which documentary you saw about the Bridgewater Triangle? Because there are several. No, I don't. I don't okay. remember which I've seen. I may right. have seen two of them. They're all pretty I good, at least the ones one. I've seen. Yeah, but but well as you bad. know, the, the, uh, the Thunderbirds are um, go way back in, in the lore of that region. As a matter of fact, there's even oh, uh, yeah. a, a hill in uh, Mansfield or Brockton known as Bird Hill because of all the sightings of Thunderbirds, presumably. So, 
Huh. Um, okay. Did did you plan to um, to go back at some point? Uh, were you there? Oh well, it's so well. It's funny because once I um, I had seen the documentary when I was living on the West Coast. I moved here six months ago, and I lived with my sister and brother-in-law. Then we watched the documentary together. We're all intrigued, and um, we decided a month ago that we're going to go to a one of the summer tours. And then you know, two weeks ago. We got our first taste of, oh, there's a Thunderbird and there's another one. Welcome so, to yeah, New we're England. Definitely, we're definitely going back. And, you know, I'm just astonished. I mean, I grew up in Foxborough, and my sister and I went to Bridgewater State. Oh, right. oh yeah, sure. you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, never heard a peep about any of this. I love this kind of stuff, and I'm just stunned that, you know, I didn't know about this, any of this growing up. Well, well, there you go. Uh, well, um, thank you for sharing it with us. We, you know, we, we, we uh, are privileged to have you do that. And uh, stay in touch. Uh, I'd like to know if um, you run into any uh, further information about it or if you're coming back. And uh, Shane or Ben, do you have any uh, comments or questions for Susan? Shane? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. Well, th- that's how well you explain things, Susan. Yeah, it Thanks. was excellent. Yeah, if Shane actually. doesn't have a question, you must have been crystal clear. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much right, for the call, you. and stay in touch. Thank you. All right. Will do. Thanks okay. so much. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Where are we here? Very oh, cool. okay. uh, Well, we were talking about Anthony Peake's holographic theory. Yes. All right. Well, this is a, his, a, a his note from Kathleen. Yes. And... Um, so why don't we continue with that? Uh, yeah, the holographic theory. Where do we, where do we leave yeah, off? Oh yeah. yeah. So I think I think the problem is people like to think in analogies. So it's it's the easiest way to comprehend something. Mm. But the problem is you can often misunderstand what it is you're trying to analogize. So it's pretty easy to lose the principles of whatever it is you're trying to think about just by thinking of it in an analogy. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, there, are, in theology, that's a, there's a principle: you can't know God except by analogy, because we're not up to it, you know, according to the theology. Uh, Paul in uh, the Corinthians explains love by what it is not, mm. which is called apophatic reasoning, and you approach it from the, the, the back end, like the back door. So, um, in, in the, the paranormal, it's very often. Something similar. I know. Maybe we should come up with an apophatic argument about why we don't believe ghosts or spirits of the dead. That actually yeah. does kind of make sense you know, because so. analogies don't really seem to get it because our our language and our our understanding yeah. really isn't quite up to wrapping well, our minds around hear, it. You have to hear it from the same framework framework as the person who's speaking about it. That's a good and point. That that's asking a lot in modern society. But the whole holographic thing is is becoming more popular and it's um uh oh we have another caller we do indeed yes uh but anyway the the analogy thing is um is not really quite adequate uh so um we have gary on the line yes hello oh hello welcome to behind the paranormal on on 1240 you have a question for us Um, you can you can call me bubble burster if you will okay the uh, (laughs) the, the bird susan was uh seeing is a great blue heron and I often refer to them as pterodactyls, so as soon as I heard that, I knew what she was talking about. Okay. Uh, we hey, can, we ask where, can we ask where you're from, Gary? I'm in Linden, Massachusetts. Right? Linden, very, okay. Very close to Woonsocket. And very we good. happen to have the largest great blue heron rookery in this side of the Mississippi, right in our town. And they're very common now. And they weren't so common 25, 30 years ago. Vaccine one would have, would have been pretty rare. Yeah. But they are all over the place now, and they will enter your goldfish ponds and... And uh, they're quite uh, 
quite uh, prevalent uh, yes. in the area, and they're wonderful, wonderful things to see because they are so so big. And uh, you know, she talked about the feet trailing behind. That's you know that's one characteristic of them. Um, and they are they are huge. They're big, big birds. They have like a six, seven foot wingspan. Yeah, well, I, you know, the first thing that came to my mind were was the, the turkey vultures. Yeah, you know? I know that when you when you talk about the feathers separating at the ends, that of course is how you identify a turkey. Well, precisely, yeah. Huh? And uh, oh, wow. Woonsocket has its famous flock of vultures uh, on oh, uh, yes. Harris Avenue, the, one of the nicest neighborhoods oh, in, the, in the hey, city. That is yeah. eerie when you're sitting there in the parking shop parking lot and looking up and seeing thirty or forty of these uh, turkey vultures. Oh, exactly. Around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's really something. Well, it's rather amusing driving down Harris Avenue. You have the, the these lovely homes, and you have these lines of turkey vultures, as if it was the uh, the, the monsters of the Adams family's domain. You know, and that and that's another bird that we didn't see. You know, when I was a kid growing up around here. Uh, yeah, we we have so much wildlife that has uh, you know just revisited, if you will, the area. Very true. Mm. And I must, you probably agree with my point, Gary, that uh, it's very difficult from the ground to tell the size of something that's in the air oh, of course, without of course. scale. But she, she, she did a very good job of describing the bird, and it yes. clearly, clearly is like very blue heron. Well, we maintain um, an open mind, and, uh, you know, who knows? That's the mm. thing. Unless we were there, and even if you are there, sometimes it's, uh, you know, less if you are there than if you're not. But uh, anyway, but uh, thank you. Any, uh, do you have any particular questions for us? Um, no, no. Gary, just, uh, uh, thank you very much for the point. Appreciate the call. All right, all right thank you. Thanks. Okay, very good. All right, there we go. So uh, we were talking about the uh, holographic theory. And yes. uh, uh, one of one of the... Um, the ext- sort of the the, the uh, a tale that might be on that theory is that you know we ourselves may be holograms or you know whatever that may mean but also the experiences we have such as thunderbirds or ghosts or UFOs may be holographically projected as as well I mean if you, if you take it to its 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 logical or illogical conclusion so but really who knows um, when we fall off fall out of a tree and break our leg or something that feels very real much more than the hologram but th- this is a a theory that is that is current and we we uh, consider it in our own methods and theories shane uh what, what tell us what reality is from the point of view of yeah, your work i don't like it <laughs> yeah, okay. i don't like that theory at all um yeah you know i, I think people are reaching too far people want to be you know uh, original and um you know, and stand out from the, from from the rest. So they're always, you know, coming up with new things. But I, I don't like that theory. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, yeah. Not to anything that I've ever experienced. I can't relate to it. Um, I can't identify anything that I've 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 worked on to that theory. It, yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. At Honestly, all. from my own point of view, I have to agree. Uh, I've. But then again, I mean, it's it, it, it's so slippery in the sense that sure. It, there are no obvious identifiers yeah. that I could think of that would, you know, in a paranormal case. For example, our experiences in Pennsylvania, where we're going to be again this weekend, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be, I don't know, I, 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 the coming and going of uh, a large mammal such as Bigfoot, uh, if that's what it is, um, without, uh, you know, any large wilderness area in which to hide and how does that happen i don't know maybe we'll see we're continuing to investigate that and we'll report on it when we're done ben any thoughts uh no i think i think we're good we're also coming up on our break so oh we are yes uh okay 
Well, our, well, why don't we take our break now, and then we'll continue sure. with uh, Kathleen's points and then move on. Okay, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful and finally a little bit spring-like Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Cindy Bradley. And I am Dave Cos, inviting you to tune in this weekend as trumpeter Cindy Bradley takes her place in our studio guest chair. You won't want to miss it. Fantastic music and conversation. Remember to visit DaveCos.com and be here this weekend. Cindy Bradley and yours truly on the Dave Cos Radio Show. Hi, fans of smooth jazz. The Dave Cos Radio Show can only be heard on ON1240, WON, One Socket Radio, every Sunday, twice on Sundays, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. The Dave Cos Radio Show is brought to you by the Carew Investment Group. It's the Dave Cos Radio Show right here on ON Radio. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal on WON 1240, celebrating, um, I think it's a little more than 70 years on the air right now, and us on the air for 10 of those years, but you can imagine that. Mm. Uh, our 10th anniversary show is actually coming up in June, Ooh, so that'll be cool. I'll have to do something special for that. Uh, maybe have the Thunderbirds on personally to get their <laughs> point of view. Uh, <laughs> Thunderbirds uh, are go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Boy, that's for my day. So let's uh, let's uh, continue with the Kathleen's letter uh, here and see what uh, final point. Let's is see. Um, I think we might be from the spirit world and sent here to master the physical world. Yeah, what is that about? I don't know. Um, I guess keep reading. Maybe we'll get some clue. Okay. Um, I also wonder if mastered whether the physical world. Uh, would be the envy of the spirit spirit world because there is a strong desire to stay here and to return here. That sort of gets back to the point of um, multiple lives, or well, specifically um, reincarnation. Um, people often discuss how they would miss seeing and feeling and tasting, and uh, can't quite imagine not having those things uh, when they pass on. I already sort of mentioned that. Yeah, we did. Uh, Anthony also thinks that we might live the same life over and over like a video game, so we can learn and master. Uh, I would ask, well, master what? Uh, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think we have uh, to live the same life over and over again to learn the physical world. And I also don't think we have to go through every single possibility to learn. Learning doesn't occur that way on Earth, and it would be very inefficient to learn that way. Well, I mean, uh, if if this is true, then how do we know that? Our, our spirit versions of ourselves learn the same way that we're learning right now. So, well, there's, I mean, the there's a lot of philosophical holes in this. That yeah, <laughs> Shane. Yeah, um, I, there's a popular theory that I think is in, you know kind of intriguing, I guess. That you know they they call them light workers. I talked about this on the show before, but we, you know, we're put on earth to learn, to grow spiritually. And when we reach a certain state, you know, we translate and we go somewhere else and we can come back down to learn more. And we, until we kind of graduate into, you know, in, into a higher being or whatever. Um, um, I, I know this is a popular um, subject with some people, and they they say like you know a lot of these artists and stuff you know musicians other artists you know that that are able to connect with people that's why they die so young because they they, they were able to to reach so many people in a spiritual way and and um, and so then they they translate they come back down you know um, I, I I'm not sure um, you you know we can't be sure but but um, 
There was another point of that question that I was going to touch on, too. Uh, is it the spirit stuff? Mastering, mastering the physical mastering world? Mastering the physical world? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that was all tied into that, but there was something else on that, but uh, yeah. we'll get back to it. I'll, I'll let you touch on yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I'll remember. Sure. Well, the whole idea of the spirit world to me is is a little odd. Um, the, the notion of improvement and everything else and... and graduating from the endless cycle of reincarnation <laughs> is an old world theme, particularly in Buddhism and Hinduism, where you want to escape the whole idea of reincarnation, which, as we said, is really not possible in the classic sense because time doesn't exist that way. So w- we would assume that you've got parallel lives instead of, you know, which I suppose is six and one half dozen of the other. But the point being that, yeah, you, you can learn. It's always good to learn and improve, so why not? Uh, whether that's the point or the purpose, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. That's usually not the area in which we all work. Uh, we're out there to help people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I suppose that might tie. I don't know. Uh, th- but they're good questions raised by Kathleen here, and uh, we thank her for these. Indeed. Yeah. I, wa- I watched a show last night. Um, you know, I think we all watch the same show, a- a- Ancient Aliens. But they, they, Well, my wife watched it. Ben's mom watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But they were, me in later. they were talking about the, there's a couple institutes that are very serious um, uh, that look at the, the sole purpose is to look at, um, you know, um, reincarnation. And they, they think there's a lot of proof to that. Um, in their classic sense of reincarnation, I, I don't I don't. I don't buy it. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't get into that. But um, it's two dimensional. Yeah, right? yeah. it does. Do, doesn't make sense. But there, there definitely is something to you know to drive them that way, and we know that. But we, our understanding is a lot different than theirs. But they think, oh, you know, we die, then we come back down, and you know, as somebody else, and or whatever. Um, I don't think it's that that simple. Um, but, you know, because, you know, you get these four or five-year-olds recalling events that happened 200 years ago to a T. Yeah. Ben's one of them. <laughs> Ben's one he of them. He was really creepy when it was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I was a very creepy kid. Slept with my eyes open. <laughs> you were all right. You know. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, I, I still never got over that. No, you, you were a good kid. boy. Just a little unusual. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shane. Go ahead. No, no, no. But, you know, that that's it. I, I don't think it's it's that. Like, you know, we we die, our spirits get put into a di- different vessel. Um, we, I think it's more what we talk about on the show, um, more than anything. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we have um, a note here from uh, Ellie in Silver Spring, Maryland, Ben, if you would. Alrighty, so Ellie writes to us, uh, I am a mental health professional, and I have seen some strange stuff. My question, is there any ki- or any particular kind of personality type that will make someone more likely to see ghosts or have uh, paranormal experiences? Is the same kind of person uh, who is likely to see ghosts also likely to see uh, UFOs and Bigfoot? That's actually a really interesting question. I, question. Think, yeah. I think I actually I asked it. Kathleen Martin that. Oh, okay. We had her on a while ago when she was talking about... Um, um, the the victims of uh, well it's not the same question but it was a similar question if there was like a link between people who had a abduction experiences and um, other other oh and the crossover phenomena that we consult with her on yeah we yeah. also I also asked her like you know is there is there a link like is, is there specific kinds of people like, she's like no they're from all over the place like there was no no particular link those are based on her surveys that yeah. she's done for the the free foundation uh, on experiencers yeah exactly so she's the head of experiencer research for 
Mufon. I mean, it's, it's not it's not quite the same yeah. the, the same question, but I'd I'd probably I'd probably say that. I mean, we do we do ask in our our sort of introductory um, like visits or in, initial visits to, mm. to uh, cases about mental health issues if there if there's any sort of like you know a drug abuse or whatever sure. whatever yeah. going on. Yeah. But I, I can't think um, from personal experience if there's ever really been a link between personality types. And and um, the phenomena itself. I don't know. Have, I, have no. either of you? Maybe I'm missing something. What do you find, Shane? Absolutely. Um, as far as negative, like, like parasitic hauntings, um, people that are being attacked or targeted by an unseen force, you know, an unseen entity, those absolutely um, identify with personality type. And I find people with n- nervous personalities. People that are fearful of the subject, people that obsess about the subject, or, um, but you know, like, or, or you know, in a vulnerable state of being, so a low, lowered emotional state of being, or um, you know, people that uh, ha- have a nervous type personality, any lower type of emotional status um, makes you more vulnerable or more connected to these things it's it, it's a frequency I, I honestly believe that it's a, it's a frequency that our emotional our emotions send out that connects us like a two-way radio to these to these entities so when we change that frequency we you know heighten that frequency we break the connection because it can't it can't communicate with us anymore um that's the way i kind of like to put it but as far as like um you know alien abductions and stuff like that there seems to be a a pretty broad span with that and you know with experiencers and, and stuff like that but then we we lead into another um category because um, I know we're trying to get um, David Pilates on the show. Yeah. Trying to reach him. Um, he, he's interesting in his work and what he's done. I mean, it's he, he just bringing facts to, to the to the table. You know, these facts are out there. He's he's not doing anything special other than that. He's he's bringing all these things together and connecting some dots and and and. Um, but as far as all these strange missing persons, um, there, there also is. Something that he, you know, he he's brought out in that is the people that seem to be targeted in all these strange, um, you know, national park miss, missing people, as well as um, you know, urban missing people, is that the people that go missing strangely um, are under under very strange circumstances that can't be explained are very intelligent. You know, we're talking doctors, you know, stuff like that, um, or people that have, you know, disabilities, or people that are very young and innocent. Mm. But there's you and I. Um, well, actually, we're very intelligent, so, we're, <laughs> so oh, we we might be in in, in trouble. But but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but it, it seems to be like every single time um, that they're very intelligent people, or they have disabilities. Or they're very young and innocent, but there's nothing in between yeah. that seems a jive in, in in his work. It's it's all one or the other, you know. Yeah. So, one of the interesting things that I thought maybe I'd be the only one to think of this because of my theological background, but the lives of the saints. We have a whole chapter on that in our 2016 book uh, from the viewpoint of the paranormal. The ones like Thomas Aquinas, who were brilliant scholars, you know, doctor of the church, quote unquote, no. 
they didn't have the mystical experiences, at least not as far as we know, or at least it's not emphasized in, in their, their uh, hagiography, their, their uh, you know, lives of, uh, as, as written. Um, and people like hermits and uh, uh, Saint uh, Seraphim, uh, you know, from Russia, and, and, you know, they had the mystical experiences. They weren't brilliant scholars, but they had the mystical experiences. In the same way, uh, we have found, I've found anyway, that many people who are very scholarly uh, and who rely a lot on the cerebral approach to this uh, very often uh, don't have a lot of the experience. Stan Friedman, for example, is, he will tell you, he's, as far as I know, has never seen a UFO. Mm. That he believes is, you know, except, you know, almost once or twice, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says. But, uh, other people who are, are, are more operating from the heart, or if you want to say that, or perhaps the non-intellectual point of view, uh, do tend to have some of these experiences, which of course would imply to some people that if you have a brain, you're not going to see this stuff. And if you don't, but I don't think, I don't think that's what it is at all, because it's not a universal principle. Mm-hmm. The most frightened people I've ever seen are people with doctoral degrees uh, or, or people who are, who are medical professionals who come up to us after lectures and say, this happened to me and my life has never been the same because their comfy belief system is shattered by it. Mm. And in a way, I was one of those. Not that I'm, I don't have a PhD, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, just in, in that Bridgeport house in 74, having the physical tangling with something that was supposed to be a spirit, I mean, that, 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 that completely shattered my belief system. So uh, it, it does seem to happen to everybody, or can, and uh, we always say that you don't, when you have an experience, like, you know, you're not sitting there like a lump of dough. I mean, you know, it, it's, you're participating in it, mm. even if you don't realize it. So I guess it can, it can happen to anybody. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm not, I've, I've seen this, I've dealt with this, I've helped people um, that never believed in anything. Um, once they did experience something, it it struck them in such a way that they became obsessed; they couldn't shut it off. Yeah. So that attention, that, that internal dialogue, um, is is what fed and, and drew things towards them because they couldn't they couldn't shut it off, and, and that's what some like these parasites need is is your attention. So once they know that you're you know you're kind of tuning yourself to it by thinking about it all the time, you're going to give it attention, you're going to participate. But you know, I think you're more apt to experience it if if you already believe in it and you already you're giving it attention, even if you haven't experienced it. But once, if you do happen to to experience something, you know, on a whim, that could change you and make you yeah. bring you know tune you to to you know make you give it attention. And it really absolutely needs that. Um, these things need that absolutely. Um, we're connected to um, that that emotion, th- those emotions, um, whether it be the spiritual world. I believe aliens too. I think we can connect with them that way. Um, it, it's it's a lot. I, I, I strongly believe it's a lot to do with emotional frequencies hmm. in every aspect. There's a Ben. Any thoughts on that before? Uh, no, please. Because I, w- I was going to say that th- we'll taking it to another step. Um, experiencing the paranormal phenomena of various kinds, which always, at least to to us, happen suddenly and unexpectedly, mm-hmm. and being comfortable with paranormal experiences. There, there are times when that's true that that really alarms me. 
uh, as in the past when dealing with, with the exorcisms and all stuff that I didn't think was the right approach to these things, but there were people who were, who not, were very comfortable and welcomed it because it made them feel special. That can be really dangerous. Mm. On the other hand, there are people like ourselves who are doing this for so many years that we are... We can walk in, and you know, we're not going to run screaming out of the house or anything. You know, we are comfortable with. We we believe we know what we're dealing with. If it's negative, if it's, if it's a parasite, you can tell, and you're on your guard, but you deal with it. Uh, you you just one of the houses in Pennsylvania that had a shadow person probably. You just walked in there, and the bloody thing has never been seen again. You know, <laughs> you didn't even have to do anything. There, there are there are less threatening ones around, but they can't get. And you know, you'll talk to. Uh, to, uh, that's Melissa down there. We'll talk to her this weekend. But so I mean, it, uh, that's just sort of just an observation about uh, dealing with with it and par- the paranormal, etc. It absolutely is, is. It's a frequency, and and that's how they know how to push your buttons. So when I walk in there with a knowing of how to get rid of them, they know it, and they just they take off like you know. I, I've had recordings of um, of these things. Saying, you know, in in states I've never been in, in towns I've never been in, houses I've never been, for the first time, go in there. We we put out recorders, and they actually say my name. My name's not that common, so it's not like no. John or yeah. you know. And it says, oh, expletive. Yeah, Shane's here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> literally, we we got that yeah. like three different times, and um, you know, I, I don't do that so much now because either. If people want evidence, you know, we'll go, you know, I go in there and, and I'll provide it if they want. But most of the time when what I've been dealing with is really nasty haunts, you mm. know, and people that are being attacked. And those people, they don't care about proof. They get this thing out of you. Yeah, so I don't exactly. even, I don't break out no equipment. I just go in there. Yeah. And deal with business. That's the way we do. Yeah, you well, know, you, know, you do better than we do. Right? Mm. So, uh, so what we got the next there, Ben? Alrighty. So we have Brian from South Portland, Maine, and he uh, writes to us. Hi, Paul and Ben, and co-hosts. Just you know, keeping it generic, just in case. <laughs> just in case. Uh, yeah. So, what, what do you think of all hey, these? Brian. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of all these haunted dolls that are in the paranormal news lately? And if a doll can be haunted, uh, how about a car or a computer? Have you ever heard of that? Well, I've heard of computers. Shade, you take that one. Well, I, years ago there was a, a website, and I swear it was dedicated to a haunted coffee maker, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was called something like that, like hauntedcoffeepot.com yeah. or something. It was an actual website where this guy would claims that his coffee maker, like literally, it wasn't like a Keurig. It was way before Keurig. It was just a regular drip coffee machine. Um, would talk and and so he would talk. Put, yeah, yeah, so he would put all, on these recordings of this thing talking, and and all this other stuff. But, um, but what I found too is like we have an extra room. Actually, we have two extra rooms in our house now. Uh, my stepson's grown up and he's moved out. My father translated um, a week ago or two yeah, weeks yeah. ago. Um, so we have two extra rooms, and so one's becoming a, a kind of a gym, and the other one's coming becoming our office. So we wanted to go with like a creepy theme for our office, and so I I want to I want to gather a bunch of like creepy items, you know. And so I'd like to have haunted items, you know, or th- things that people think are haunted. So, but you go on eBay or or um, oh yeah Amazon, and people just make something look creepy. 
and they say, oh, and they come up with this big story about how it's haunted and stuff. They charge I, a fortune. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's why we we're seeing a um, you know increase in in the popularity of these haunted items. Is they can kind of blame the Warrens for that too, because the the Annabelle and, movie that know. just came, came out, they were like, oh wow, this is a great oh, way to make God. money. Yep. <laughs> well, I knew that stupid Annabelle very well. It's Raggedy Ann doll. I've said that many times. But even back when back in the day, like when when I, we first met, like twenty years ago or whatever, the return to this radio. That's all for 167 hours two from now. Kids, for and another person come up with a story and said that the paranormal. Um, I think the kids Paul changed position, but there's like these images in the background that would change, um, and so they just put up different images of it, showing proof. But you know that that could have easily been fake. But people yeah. bought it. The thing sold for a bunch. Unbelievable. So, so anyway, I, after that, you see a bunch of this stuff. So um, well, that's not to say that it's all necessarily baloney. Exactly. Uh, in '74, there, there were two swans on the. Uh, uh, actually, no, I don't. I don't think they were there in '74. But shortly after the, the in the Bridgeport Poltergeist House, there were these two swans on the sides of the steps. You know, the front steps of the house. And people would say they would move. I've run into that. And been very intelligent. And maybe it might be your first unofficial case when you were like, what, eight? Vaguely. At that herb farm in Connecticut. Yeah. And it was all relatively positive because there were, and you're the one who said there's, there are going to be UFOs involved in this case status. Mm. What? And he was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been right ever since. Don't tell your wife I said that. I won't. So, <laughs> there, but there, there were these, uh, the statue, and they had different pictures of it in different positions, which you know it could easily be fake. But these people didn't seem like the faking type. Mm. But you never know, you know. So I mean, and how would that work? Well, I mean, if you've got uh, parallel worlds with different laws of physics or, or different versions of the same statue washing over each other, uh, creating what we call paranormal phenomena, you could have that. So I mean, it's not entirely impossible. Nope. No. So, and and just one more point before we leave uh, this uh, Brian's note here. Any, and you should know this better than anybody. Indigenous peoples, ancient ancient peoples from all over the world, will tell you for the most part that everything has a spirit, whatever that means. Obviously, mm-hmm. some sort of energy that goes beyond the physical makeup of of the object. Uh, so that would include. Uh, car. How many people name their cars mm-hmm. and have a relationship with their cars? Now, maybe we'll chuckle at that, you know, uh, modern culture and our, our uh, automobile mania. But I mean, th- I think that there's something to be said for a spiritual connection with so-called inanimate objects. I don't think anything's inanimate. I don't think there's any, any such thing as an inanimate object. Yeah. Everything's alive because it's all energy, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. So that's my opinion. I don't well, I mean, I, I think I think that's very. Uh, that's, that's a very good point. I mean, you know, like you hear those stories about um, planes that have been rebuilt with with parts from planes that have crashed. Yeah, I've looked into and that, and, and it's, it seems to be true according to airline officials. For crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, you know, and they're airline officials. It's not your like crackpots or anything. Like, hopefully not. Yeah, you'd hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there was uh, for a long time there was someone in England I was in touch with who's insisting that that uh, there was a 16th century guy coming over their computer, communicating with them, okay? Now, this was some years back when the oh, hacking was... I remember was, that. You remember that? Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. 
now, I mean, today any fool could hack your computer and claim to be Christopher Columbus asking for directions or something. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna, uh, th- that's entirely possible. But in those days, uh, that was not as readily doable, presumably, as it is today. So, uh, and they swore all kinds of things about what was going on or accurate historical information. You know, that could have been research. So, so who knows? But I, you know, obviously took a neutral position on that. But people do claim that uh, strange things happened d- uh, over their devices. Phones uh, in uh, 41 Signs of Hope, the book by uh, our, our friend Dave Kane, uh, the terrible station nightclub fire in 03 here in Rhode Island. And all of Rhode Island is so small, we all knew someone who was involved or knew someone who was, who knew someone who was mm-hmm. involved, relatives or whatever. Um, 100 people dead. Terrible. And uh, the youngest victim, uh, according to the family, called the day after he died on the cell phone, and his ID came up, caller ID came up on the phone, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Bill Hall and uh, Jimmy Pettinino have just written a book about this. Uh, I don't know if it's out yet, but we're going to have them on the show Those about Those two goofballs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> weird calls. And uh, the, the phone, the uh, the rescue personnel returned the boy's property to his parents, and the phone had been uh, destroyed by smoke and water hmm. during the fire. It could not have made that call. So these are all things that apparently happen and um, are very intriguing. Mm. Yeah, I hear about it a, a lot, a lot. Yeah. You, you know, do? calls, from, yeah, uh, calls from loved ones and stuff like yeah. that. And I suppose there's some loved ones you don't want you don't want to hear from again. Right? Yeah, <laughs> time to time, yeah. voicemails and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That always, just as an aside, uh, that always kind of intrigued me. You've got a lot of people who. Uh, you know, remember going to the uh, the particular psychic medium we we uh, were used to be friendly with, and we'd go to her presentations. And oh, say, oh, yes. so and so is uh, doing this or doing that, and uh, all your loved ones are here. There, well, well, I mean, sometimes it's just time to say goodbye. I mean, they're loved some quote unquote loved ones you don't really didn't get along with, and there are pains in the neck and burdens around your neck and your family. You know? It's true. Uh, are you talking about the same psychic me- medium that I know? I, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Remember the one I... In- I don't want to name names. Yeah, I don't either. Oh, the one way back... Uh, not, not, yeah. She and I spoke together in New Hampshire. Yeah. No, that, that's not the one I did. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have a <laughs> private conversation <laughs> after, after the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll put um, that aside for now. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we have time for any more. I'm no, we, we have about five minutes left. Okay. Well, let's uh, oh, move on then to our announcements. All right. Yes, I'm on here. Uh, if you happen to live in western or central Pennsylvania, join us this coming Saturday, May 5th, at 1 p.m. at The Pines, 1549 Kilmer Road in Dubois, for our third annual town hall. Actually, there were two in one year, so it's not only the third annual, but anyway. Mm. Our third uh, town hall meeting for experiencers in the Pennsylvania Triangle Flap area. Uh, Shane will be there, along with our colleagues uh, Chuck Credo and uh, Alexander Petikoff. That'd be an interesting group and an interesting uh, couple of days there. Uh, that's one o'clock again on Saturday. Uh, we are expanding the scope of this case, gathering statistics and other data on paper and identifying patterns. Of course, our primary goal is to help people come to grips with their experiences there. The event is free, will not be broadcast uh, to help guarantee witnesses' anonymity. Uh, anyone attending is asked to bring refreshments to share with others, and we will have private interviews after this for anybody who doesn't want to speak in public. Indeed, so plan to meet us on, on May 26th and 27th at the Saucer Symposium at the KRI Center for Consciousness Studies in Stratham, New Hampshire. And there will be some great 
uh, some great guests, including Shane here, uh, Andy Kitt, and many others, and uh, you've heard on the show before. And this is the fourth year in a row that we've spoken there, and we'll present some new material on flap areas and uh, all sorts of cases having to do with that. And we'll also do our second annual live broadcast from there on the 27th with a panel of the speakers. So watch for more information as those dates approach. Shane, you're stuck with us for life, it looks like. Yeah. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> on Saturday, I'm okay July- with that. Okay, <laughs> so are we. On Saturday, July 21st, we'll be back at the Danbury Public Library in Connecticut to present a program on Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard Of, uh, based on our 2017 book of that same subtitle. And on Labor Day weekend in uh, September, uh, we'll be back at the Exeter UFO Festival in New Hampshire. And on uh, Columbus Day weekend in October, we'll once again be at the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Massachusetts. Uh, Now for something many people have been asking for for over a year, Uh, our 2016 book, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, from Schiffer Books, is now finally available as an e-book on Amazon Kindle and, I'm told, Apple iTunes as well. Uh, So you can just do do the Amazon Kindle thing or the iTunes. I haven't found it on iTunes, but supposedly it's there. It's probably in the App Store somewhere. Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, So anyway, a lot of people have been asking for that, and there it is. Uh, that's, I guess, a little cheaper than the paperback edition, although it, uh, Amazon seemed like they're charging the same for both. I don't get that. Mm. I don't know. Can't be that popular. Well, anyway, uh, you can also get all of our books. Uh, they're widely available, but if you order them online at either of our two websites, BehindTheParanormal.com or NewEnglandGhosts.com, we'd be happy to autograph them for you. Shane, tell us about your your site and what, what's cooking with you. Uh, TrueGhosts.com and... Uh Nothing new. Just uh, well, well, there <laughs> yeah. will be next weekend. Well, yeah, we'll be going to Pennsylvania yeah. uh, next week, and and um, I got you know I got some speaking engagements lined up, some radio shows lined up. Um, one radio show that just I guess a producer um, became ill, so that got canceled. Um, oh no, not 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 the one you were going to. You you may know the you may know. I'll, I'll tell you after. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but. Um, you know, uh, we'll talk about it more as as these dates arrive. I'll, I'll mention it on the show. Okay, okay. For sure. All right, all right. So, uh, what do we have next week, Ben? So next week, uh, we that is uh, May sixth. Well, finally, we're into May. Uh, we will be on the road. Well, I won't be, but you will be, yeah. and so will Shane. Sadly, I can't make it due to work and all sorts of mundane things. Uh, so we'll bring you a live broadcast of our fascinating show uh, from last December, on December 10th to be specific, which is How Quantum Science Explains Everything with Dr. Amit Datswami. I think you made a rebroadcast. A rebroadcast. You could do the show yourself. Next well, week? We'll, no, I've, I've got I've got an appointment. Okay. Today, sadly. <laughs> a pr- appointment with Dr. Gaswami. Basically. Okay. Um, so we will, uh, well, we still got a little, little bit of time here. So... Um, just to review, we're going to be going to Pennsylvania. We're, going, we're spending a lot of extra time. We're going to be doing a big presentation. We're doing a lot more stakeouts, research, photography, drone work uh, in some new areas as well. It's going to be quite interesting. So we'll leave you this afternoon with a simple thought from the recently deceased British physicist Dr. Stephen Hawking. How, however difficult life may seem, there is always something you can do and succeed at. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And I'm Shane Stairway. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you behind the paranormal. Oh, hey, well, you know, we actually got to the quote today. So we will see you all next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.